Welcome to Not So Straight Podcast. I'm Squish. And I'm Brooke. And we're here to queer it up. With a bonus episode! Because we're officially done with all we wanted to cover for Resident Evil. So today we decided to gift you guys the, uh, the gift of a review from not-so-expertly experts about Raccoon City, or Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. I can speak really well. <laughs> yeah, I remember being, I had good hopes for the movie from, like, when I, I remember when I first saw the trailer, just because of how, like, ridiculous it was, which I'm like, that fits Resident Evil, because I remember everyone was talking about the trailer because they used that uh, I said, hey, what's going on, Son, in the trailer? And I was like, okay, this better be good, because it's, like, setting my expectations high. Yeah, they they had a good trailer, and I know a lot of Resident Evil fans were ex- extremely excited because half the shots they used for the trailer were also almost, like, shot for shot, similar to the games, and they had the original characters from the games! Hooray! Yeah, like, in an... When I first looked at it, like, all the actors they had listed for the different characters, I, like, agreed with most of them. So I'm like, okay, maybe this will be good. We don't let Brooke fool you. She was super excited from the get-go for going into that movie. (laughs) I wasn't, I, well, I didn't make my sister go. She wanted to go, but we both uh, went to see that movie. Yeah, we basically counted down the days until it officially came out. And I remember just, like, how you got people together to go. I basically coerced my friends into going to see it. I was like, we have to. It's a necessity. If you're really my friends, you will see this Resident Evil movie with me. Like, you may not know anything about Resident Evil, but it's okay. You don't have to. It's fine. We're going to go into this blind. I know everything that's going to happen, but you don't. And that's okay, because I can walk you through this step by step once it's over. (laughs) Right. So basically, like, mashed um, Resident Evil 1 and 2, like, together into one movie. And something they did differently, which I actually didn't really mind that much was they kind of like switched characters in the settings they're in around so like instead of like Leon and Claire meeting Sherry and all that stuff it was um it was Chris and uh Jill and them in the mansion and then instead of them in the mansion meeting Lisa Trevor it was actually Claire and like the Raccoon City Orphanage and stuff that uh, met her, and she actually kind of, like, kicked ass in that movie, which was kind of cool. Oh, and to put before everything, spoiler alert, we will be talking about the movie, so if you haven't seen it yet and you do want to see it and you don't want to be spoiled, we are absolutely going to spoil stuff for this, so please watch it first and then listen to this. Yeah, or unless you just don't care. I mean, it's been out for a while, so that's also possible. That is true. And if you don't, then here you go. This might be something that gets you to to watch it. So 
sorry, I figured I should put that because I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, wait, we didn't say a spoiler alert. That's fine. They, I'm sure they would have gotten it eventually. Probably. Probably. But still. But yeah. That one got me at first. The first time I watched it, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of that. But that was just because I went in with like my fan goggles on and I was like, how dare you? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool that they gave Lisa Trevor kind of more of a role, because I feel like in the first game, the only re reason you find out about her is through, like, notes or, like, reading on her on the wiki. Because otherwise, That's in the first true. game, she's just kind of an enemy in your way that ends up dying. Like, I think she... It was kind of fucked up. It was like she found her mom's remains and was basically like, Mom! And then just jumped off the cliff. She's like, I'm gonna go yeet myself into the oblivion now. <laughs> yeah, like, it was... It was kind of sad, honestly, given her, like, that when you, once you know, like, her backstory and stuff. Yeah, um, if you actually pay attention to it, you're like, oof. So, yeah, it was kind of cool that they humanized her a bit more uh, in this movie with, like, being befriending Claire and stuff. I honestly wish that they could have brought Lisa Trevor out into the world and just had her stay with Claire. I'm here for, yeah, I'm like, here for that partnership. She would probably be, she, like, she... Obviously, she would be, like, forever, like, fucked up, like, psychologically and stuff. And has, like... And it's obviously also fucked up, like, physically. But I feel like that would help her at least grow, like, a bit more. And at least she'd be able to stand by Claire and stuff like that. I don't know if you've ever seen the series. And now, of course, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> I had it on the tip of my tongue before, but it was a Netflix series that they had made, and I remember the character's name is Shelly, and she is, like, six, seven feet tall. She has one eye that's huge, and, like, the other one's normal-sized, and she has, like, superhuman strength, and I honestly loved her character because that was the arc of her character, was the fact that she has such a kind, sweet heart, and she is just, like has a monstrous form, monstrous strength, but the biggest, sweetest, most caring, gentle person you've ever met. Yeah. And that's a lot of how they end up dealing with her in that show. And they could have absolutely done that with Lisa Trevor, where it's like just the sweetheart of a character that just wants to be accepted and have friends who yeah. goes on wild, crazy adventures with Claire Redfield. <laughs> Yeah, like, I can imagine um, Chris or, like, Leon being like, uh, who the fuck is that? Wearing that weird-ass mask. And she's like, that is my friend, and you will not talk to her like that. She And Claire would, absolutely. <laughs> she would. She's not afraid to smack a bitch. No, she's not. Especially if it's Leon or Chris. A sp yeah, no. Absolutely. I'm like... So, I guess, before we start talking about, like, things we like and stuff about it, uh, we should probably run through, like, the main storyline. Yes, also that series I was talking about was Hemlock Grove. I looked it up. Okay, I think I... I feel like I watched, like, a bit of it, because it sounds, like, really familiar. It's good. It's one of those that if we were... that I would do, like, a bonus episode on it for this podcast... Because of one couple, and that's legitimately it. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
yeah. A basic rundown of the plot would be, like you said, a mashup of one and two, where it's like, Leon's the newbie cop. He and Claire is coming to visit Chris and other stuff. They get there, and of course, a zombie apocalypse starts, or I guess, like, an infection happens. And suddenly, Raccoon City is just an absolute disaster. Yeah. So. And it's like the. They were, like, it's revealed that, like, for years, Umbrella's been, like, putting, like, infecting the water with the T virus. So people have been, like, you know, drinking this city tap water and basically just, like, getting slowly infected and now it's like starting to like show an umbrellas like bye bitches this is not our fault and of course not the police officers because why would they do that <laughs> no of course not not stars stars unit needs to be perfectly fine because we need them to deal with the threat when it comes about come on yeah so basically like that shit storm is starting and I mean, really, if you've played through, like, the first two games and the, not, not the third one, but I guess kind of the third one a little bit. Minus but, Nemesis the third, yeah. Yeah, not, no Nemesis yet, but, um, yeah, because yeah. they have the Dr. Birkin G-Virus monster in it, the, lunch, the Lunchables man. They also have, um, the mansion and everything that happens there. With, like, the underground secret laboratory. They don't have the tyrant, though. Like, that's one of the things. Is no, they don't have Mr. X, which was something I was kind, kind of, of sad disappointed. about. Yeah. Mr. X is definitely... I'd say he's definitely something people always remember about Resident Evil 2. Yeah, and they didn't have him, so it's kind of like, hmm. And in the... It's like, you have one team that goes to the police department... And the police department gets overrun by zombies, so it's like, okay, we're gonna have to shack up here. Oh, but also there's an orphanage that leads into the Umbrella Mansion, or the um, Spencer yeah, like, Mansion. They're connected by underground tunnel or something, I think. Because of course they are, because it's the Umbrella Hive Mind, so like, we don't even <laughs> <Yeah>. ask questions. <laughs> where's, where's Red Queen at, though? <laughs> that is a very good question. Red Queen was not in the movie. I'm upset. But we, I'll save that for later. Yeah. But the they basically go through and they follow the plot of fighting against the G-Virus Birkin. And at the same time, they fight a liquor. And that's pretty much, yeah. It's pretty much it. And then, like, you know, they... They end up nuking um, Raccoon City to, like, you know, say, oh, it's, uh, infection is contained, the city got destroyed, so we're good now. Yeah, everything's totally completely fine. We don't know what you guys are talking about. There is no issues here. Everything is great. Yeah. Totally taken care of. And the, our main little group is okay, because they were in the underground tunnels, and they end up, I think, like, an area outside the city when they finally emerge from it. Yeah. And then and they're just like, what the fuck just happened? And now they're the only survivors. So, of course, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. And then you get a little uh, bonus scene at the end that brings in um, Ada Wan and Wesker, who 
apparently is infected now, I guess. And he, like, can't see. And for some reason he can see with the sunglasses. And she's like, we got work to do. And then it ends. <laughs> Don't worry, we will get to Wesker. There's a reason why we're leaving out a lot of this plot. And it's because <laughs> I feel like the parts we're leaving out we're going to discuss in long form. So. Yeah. Okay, so we'll start with things we liked about it. I guess so my, what did you like best? My first one would be like how dedicated they were to the sets. Yeah. Like the police station is modeled almost exactly like the police station in the game. Um with the statue and in the middle and just like the layout of it is like pretty much the same as in the game. And so is the mansion. The mansion is very similar to the game as well and just like the environment of the city so i'd say like this the set work and settings they used in the movie i think were like really good and like set the mood of it yeah i also think i have to give them kudos for that because i can tell they tried to put in like like you know easter eggs and things people who played the games would like recognize and stuff you can definitely feel that. I know I was going to say on that same venue, I like the fact that they kept everything to 1998 vibes. Like, they even have the corded phones. Yeah. And Which, as a 90s kid, because we're both from the 90s, that is something that I really, I really attached to. My brother hated it. My brother <laughs> hated that they, that they, like, had all of this old technology. But I was like, but it's 1998. Yeah, like that's that's when the first game came out. Yeah, so I'm like, so of course they're going to keep to that stuff. And even the music, they had like 80s and 90s music that played throughout the whole film. And I love that nostalgia vintage feel of it, that they didn't try to be all like, oh, we're going to try and modernize this thing. They were like, nah, the best part about this is that they don't have cell phones. And that they don't like have an easy way to get in contact with each other. They have to stick to the old 90s technology, which is right around like the early time of the internet when you still had like dsl yeah very limited on what you could do on the computer exactly so it makes it it makes it more interesting because you don't have that like oh yeah we'll just call the police i'm like you are the police <laughs> yeah we, we need a landline yeah and Man. only so many people had cell phones and the and cell they phones were, the... were like huge <laughs> yeah they're, they're huge clunky i mean even like car phones were something that you would I feel like you might have someone who had like an expensive car with a car phone but it was like a built-in landline car phone yeah that was it like it's not like nowadays where having a smartphone is kind of like almost like a necessity especially now that they're turning off 3g's and everything like that so everyone yeah. who had an old phone they're like oh, get fucked <laughs> it's just like to communicate with people job job stuff um, just doing just about anything nowadays, you need, like, a smartphone. Um, but, like, back then, like, it wasn't really needed, so it's, like, if you could afford it, then sure, but, like, mo I feel like most people probably didn't. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people did, but, you know, it's, it keeps that, the aspect of it that you feel like you went back in time, and another thing to go with yours about it being very to the game's uh, setting, there's scenes that they pulled like frame for frame from the original PlayStation games. 
and having played the original PlayStation games when they first came out, there's like the one scene where Chris walks into a room and there's a zombie eating a dude on the floor and the zombie like stands up and has blood dripping from its mouth. And that was taken cut for cut from the original version and redone live action. And they did it the exact same way that it was in the game. It was phenomenal. Like, I think the zombies and the monsters were, like, very accurate to the games. Like, even uh, Dr. Birkin's mutated G-virus form was very, like, similar to how he looks in the games with, like, the one big arm and the eyes that c- the eyes that come up and all that. Even, like, his voice and how it changes and stuff was spot on to the game as well. Yeah. So I think in terms of that, they, they did a really good job with that. Yeah, they did. They they also did a very good job with, I think, on a similar note to that, it's like the, um, the character interactions on some point, I feel like they did a pretty good job with. Like yeah. the, at least in the beginning of the film, I think they definitely tried to go for that, like, these people have worked together for years vibe. Mm-hmm. And they... They definitely tried to get that across. Yeah. So that way, I mean, in one of the opening scenes, you have Wesker, Jill, and two police officers whose names I do not know, sitting in like a bar picking on Leon, and I was like, absolutely would do 110% on point. Yeah. And I think, I think Robbie Amell was a really good choice for Chris because I mean he just looks like Chris. He does. I'm surprised they don't have him as the face model for Chris, honestly. Yeah, they, it seems like in the games they can't really de- decide what they want Chris to look like, so... They can't decide Claire either. It's just a Redfield problem. They can't decide what they want them to look like. I don't know. I think they finally settled on, like, RE6 Chris, because in RE8 he just kind of looks like a more grizzled form of from RE6, so I'm guessing yeah. they just went with that. That's what it seems like. But Robbie Amell has that voice, that cadence, that, like, stature. So it's like, okay, yeah, no. Yeah. It worked definitely for Chris. Like, he has the biceps. He might not be RE5, Chris, but he'll get oh. there, I'm sure. Yeah, he's and he's pretty. So I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm here for this. I know Leon's actor, I really liked. He did a phenomenal job as Leon. Oh, yeah. My favorite part is, like, when he had the rocket launcher, and Chris was like, is that a fucking rocket launcher? And just like, yeah. And he's, like, smiling. <laughs> he's like, I found it. <laughs> that was that was great. I feel like he... Leon was the one who had the one-liners in that movie that made the movie as watchable as it is, is every scene that has Leon, you're just like, yes. Because the delivery from the actor is like... It's much more like Resident Evil 6 Leon. The like hopeless, the world sucks, I need a vacation Leon. But Mm -hmm. he gets that energy pinpoint accurate where you sit there and you're like, yep, nope. Like he's another one where they kind of like change the character, at least his background and stuff a bit. But he was one I didn't really mind because... I think, like like you said, like he played the character really well, so I didn't really mind that they were kind of doing his character differently from the games. So I was like, you know, I'm kind of into this. 50-50 on his. 
I was only 50-50 because of how other characters reacted with him, but I'll save that for the next segment of this episode because mm. because I feel like my dislikes are very like character bound and a lot and a lot of them for like Leon and Claire are just like little tiny things that I'm like yeah. these are insignificant. Um I forget the cuz I'm not good with like actors names a lot of the times unless I like know them really well. But the actor who played Dr. Birkin, I think, did a really good job. He did. He did. He like he was he was really good at playing, like, you know, the stone-cold kind of scientist, like, character who's all about, like, his research and stuff. He plays that role a lot in movies, but it's... Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, and he also has those, like, penetrating eyes that make it seem <laughs> like he's looking through you. Yeah. And even when... Like, he seemed to care about, like, Sherry and his family. It, it almost came off as kind of being fake, which I think is very, like, in character for Dr. Birkin. Yeah, I think the way he reacts to all the kids in it has that sense of being, like, a scientist, where it's like... He's like, he's... What's, who will my next subject be? <laughs> right, and it's like, like you said, even with Sherry and stuff, it's kind of just like, you're only safe because you're my daughter, but if you weren't, you would absolutely be an experiment. And even his wife is like, dude, what have you been doing down here? And he's just like, I've been, you know, <laughs> I think he says something like, I've been doing God's work. And they're all like, oh shit, he's crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to have somebody play um, Oswell Spencer in like in the next movie. They're going to have someone who's like 90 years old play him. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to know who it's going to be. I don't know. Because I I don't know what's going to even happen in the next one. Because I'm kind of... I have speculations, I'm, but I'm not sure. I'm like, I don't know how it's going to go since they... Something I'm going to get to later. But since they changed like Wesker's stuff, like I don't know how that thing with him and Spencer is going to go. Like it did in the uh, games. Yeah, that's kind of that's the hard part. Is like this like, movie. They don't have that relationship that they did in the games, starting out like the in here. So I'm like, I don't. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure they could do some. They're gonna do something, but I'm just like, I don't know what. Though, speaking of Wesker, before we get to dislikes, another thing I did like is they once again, scene for scene, took the Ashford twins. <laughs> um, recording being, that you being see creepy. yeah that you see in Veronica where they take the wings the wings off of the dragonfly and leave it to be eaten by ants they shot for shot put that into the movie and we immediately were like is Code Veronica <laughs> the next movie yeah what? I was like I remember the <laughs> I don't think she I don't think Kirsten was getting annoyed with me but I was like every time something happened that was like from the games I would like whisper to her I was like that's from this game <laughs> I did the same thing to my brother and my friend as I was sitting there watching the movie I'd be like because one of them made the they also kept the um they kind of kept kind of like based on the game kept the piano quiz or wow piano quiz piano puzzle from one where mm -hmm. originally Rebecca Chambers does the music on it and opens up the port key to you know let fucking Chris down to the lab to find Wesker. Instead, Wesker does it because Rebecca's not in the movie, regrettably. Mm. But we'll get to that. But 
I sat there, and whenever that happened, I was like, oh my god, they kept the scene. And everyone looked at me and was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, you know, in the game. Yeah, it was like in the game. That's one of the puzzles is that you have to play piano music to open up the wall. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, because my brother noticed that they had the, in the police department, they had the keys, had the designs on them. They didn't Mm -hmm. really... It was something that, like, if you looked away for a second, you would have missed, but they caught it. I didn't. And my brother was like, the thing he disliked about it was that he was hoping that they would have, like, the... You know how in 2 you have to find the specific panels and then put them onto statues and, like, turn them to open up, like, the underground passageways and stuff? He was like, why didn't they do that? And I was like, because they kept the piano puzzle. You had to choose one or the other, and the (laughs) piano puzzle makes more sense. Yeah. I honestly think it'd be kind of funny if they had, like the shadow puzzles in there and they're trying to like manipulate the shape thing to like shape onto the whatever's projected onto the wall (laughs) oh yeah i forgot that you did have to do that too yeah you did do that in seven too yeah there were a lot of puzzles they kept out but it's a movie so i forgive them yeah i mean i'm always like it's it's never gonna be like perfect they like they're never going to be able to put in everything like people, like fans want from the games in the movie. They can, they can only try their best. So I don't put that against them or anything. I know like Hiroyuki Kobayashi is the one who's currently working on the Resident Evil series. I do not believe he was the original creator of Resident Evil. Uh, he wasn't the original director, no. No. So like, this was basically him taking old notes and stuff from one and two and being like, Ooh, we could do this and we could move stuff around. So kind of keeping it true to the games and like the most memorable parts of the games while at the same time seeing how it could have gone in like an alternate cinematic universe. So I give him kudos. That was actually very fair. Like you said, the changes that were made, I can kind of see why they did it. Minus the one that's going to be, like, the main harping that both of us have. (laughs) But, like, we'll get to that. But I think, in terms of liking it, that might be... That might be, like, the extent of it. So are we going to get into the dislikes now? Uh, sure. Why don't we start with Wesker? Oh, God. If you're a fan of Wesker, don't watch the movie. I'm just going to... I'm just going to come straight out and say it. Like, uh, the one thing, like, I like the actor they chose for him. Oh, he's fantastic. He's like, beautiful. He's great. But he also, honestly, he could play Jake, too. He would probably make a better Jake. The way that they wrote the character was, yeah. like, Jake Like, he was. honestly, I can't, yeah, in terms of, like, how he acts and his personality in, like, the movie, he honestly acts more like Jake than he does Wesker. And even then, like, Jake is still more rebellious and outgoing than his Wesker was. Yeah, so, like, whenever I talk about his Wesker, I always call him Jock Wesker, because that's basically what he is. If any of you want Sonic, which eventually we'll do stuff on Sonic, because we're Sonic heads. But, uh, yes. uh, but if any of you have seen Sonic, there's, like, Sonic Boom or whatever it is. They made, like, a new series for it for kids. <laughs> yeah. And they took Knuckles, who, throughout the entire series of Sonic... Knuckles was always like he's very very wise but at the same time extremely gullible he like is the protector of the chaos emerald he's or of the master emerald he's like the last of his race he's super powerful he's awesome 
but at the same time, like, literally every game Eggman is like, oh, you're going to help me because Sonic is after the Master Emerald. And every time without fail, Knuckles is like, that bastard. And then Sonic's like, he's using you. And he's like, that bastard. <laughs> and yeah, it's or like <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 or he's just arguing with Rouge. And then like while they're arguing, Eggman just steals the Emerald. <laughs> Yeah, like, he's he's extremely smart, and he's extremely capable. He's extremely gullible and has zero social skills. Yeah, which honestly, kind of off-topic, but they did a good job of portraying that in the Sonic movies. Yes, they, the Sonic movies are the opposite of this one. You should absolutely see all of them, because they're fantastic. Do it right now. Don't listen to this. Go to the movie theater and watch it. Yeah. Right now. But in Sonic Boom... They took Knuckles, and someone focused on the fact that he was dumb and was like, oh yeah, he's just a dumb meathead jock. So then they turned him into a dumb meathead jock. Like, hit his head on a wall too many times. So he, every time, I'm like, no, he can't protect the Master Emerald. He can't even protect himself. Yeah. It's and basically it made, like what they did with, with Wesker. Yeah, it's exactly what they did with Wesker. And it makes me so mad, because I'm like, you took a diabolical character and turned him into a dumbass and it did not work at yeah, all and i had that moment where i'm like oh maybe they are having him be a double agent because there was that this pager was going off like in his locker and it said something about like something with umbrella or something in the mansion and i'm like oh shit is he getting like he's getting he's probably getting like secret information from like umbrella he's he's probably a double agent like he is in the games but no it was just i don't know it was supposed to be like some random person giving him like intel on what's happening or something it's like he is a double agent but he's really bad at his job yeah pretty much <laughs> and it was my favorite part of wesker throughout the entire series the reason why he's my favorite character yeah like so apparently in the movie he's he doesn't really have anything to do with Umbrella. Yeah, because like my favorite part about Wesker is the fact that he has been evil since he was young. He is he survived an experiment that killed all but like two children, and he was one of the two. And his sister sibling, Alex Wesker, is an incomplete form, but he is the basically the complete form. The only one more complete is Jake. So, like, he is the completed form of the prototype virus in all of its facets. He is, like, pure brute strength, intelligence. He's extremely smart, extremely capable. He is a mastermind of multiple different plots. He's running things from behind the scenes, but at the same time, he can charm his way into, like, everyone's hearts. And then as soon as they start to like him, he can just break them in half like a twig. It's my favorite part of Wesker, and they completely took all of that, and then were just like, yeah, no, we don't like this. Crumple it up and throw it in a garbage. And I was like, no! <laughs> yeah, like, it's revealed from the games that he had these powers from the start, because, you know, in the first game, we see him get impaled by the, ty the proto-tyrant, whatever. And then they're like, oh shit, he's dead. And then he's not. <laughs> and then in and then in uh, Veronica, he's like, "I'm back. I'm back. Where's your brother, Clay? <laughs> I need him to come get my hook." This fucking and, name. Yeah. 
but in the movie, they definitely... I mean, to be fair, they have a fantastic line from Chris for, like, there's a scene where they're talking about how, like, different ways to die, and Chris is like, wow, you guys are getting really morbid in here. Specifically Jill, because Jill is very morbid in the movie. It works. I I love her. She Her actor is another one that I really liked her as Jill. She definitely brought a flair to the table that was just like, get it. Because she definitely played the badass aspect of Jill being like the only girl on stars besides Rebecca, who's regrettably not in the movie. And I'm going to keep saying it that way because she should have been in the movie. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, I'm not sure why they would cut her out because she was an important part of their team. And I mean, she was the one that helped with the puzzle and like the final fight with Wesker and stuff. So I'm like, why'd you, why'd you take my girl out? And she was the medic. So I'm like, bitches and hoes. Yeah. But with, but like with Jill, she was the badass who stands there with the other guys and I mean it is 1998 so I feel like it again goes back into like that culture shift of she for the longest time in stars until Rebecca's joins is like one of the very few women she's like the only one she's the only woman that has Delta Force training for the longest time so she really has to be able to hold her ground and around the guys she definitely can't she has that badass I'm better than all of you and I can prove it and when she talks about morbid stuff, it's great because all the guys are like, dude. And when she says that, uh, Chris comes in the office and is just like, wow, why do you got to be so morbid about it? I know how I want to die. I want to die snuggled up in Wesker's big burly arms. And we were like, yes, <laughs> victory is ours. Though sadly, that was really like the only like gay kind of thing in the movie. Yeah, and I also got mad on the same topic of Wesker. One of the one of the scenes that I hated the most that I will always hate forever of that movie is when they have the police chief talking to Wesker cuz Wesker gets um the page on his phone and as soon as he gets it, he checks it because it's Wesker and he doesn't understand authority. But then the police chief is like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Wesker. Are we are we interrupting you? Are you like talking to a hot somebody are you going on a date and he like he lights into wesker and the entire time wesker actually seems kind of scared and i was like no if someone talked to the real wesker like that he would go up to them and he would be like it sounds like someone's gonna die they wouldn't even get to talk to him like that wesker would just stand up with his six foot three of intimidating height go up to them and be like say it to my face <laughs> Yeah, like, he, he definitely would not take that, even even when he was, like, uh, being a double agent as Captain of Stars. Oh, no. He would have been like, that is unprofessional talk. Talk to me again like that and see what happens. <laughs> talk to me like that. I'm going to report your ass to HR. I'm going to get you fired. I will meet you in a dark alleyway. And then once you get fired, I'm going to find you in an alley and stab you. With my hand through your heart. Have a nice day. <laughs> Pretty much. So I, that was the thing about it that irked me the most is that he's such like a little, he's such a little coward, and like yeah, uh, it's yeah. So... He just like he 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 did not give off Wesker energy like at all. No, and it it reminded me of Light from the Death Note live action movie. 
Like, <laughs> they took I such mean, a... and, and I don't know what they're going to do with his character if they make another movie, which I'm pretty sure they are. Um, Probably. Because, like, from that cutscene with Ada, it's like, now they're giving him powers. And but now even... I guess he's going to be working with Ada or something. So I almost feel like they're trying to, like, put him on the Wesker path now, but I'm also like, okay, what, what's going to happen now? But I'm like, but you're, like, 30 years late, because by now he's already on the Wesker path. He was on the yeah, Wesker like, path at 17, so... Yeah, like, way before the first game, he was already, like, evil, basically. So I'm like, are we going to try to turn him evil now, or, like, what's happening? <laughs> they also took out the gay Wesker Birkin energy that they originally had in, in Resident Evil Zero because it's very clear when, because Birkin and Wesker do find each other because Wesker's there with Sherry and actually is like the sole reason that like Sherry's mom is dead. Rip. Um, yeah. But Wesker even then like has a like panic attack because he ends up shooting Birkin and Birkin's wife. And almost shoot Sherry. And it's just sitting there like, it didn't have to be like this kid. And I was like... I'm like, Wesker would not give a fuck. <laughs> Wesker would be like, twitch, and I shoot you again. But also, like, him and Birkin work together for a really long time to steal information for Umbrella. And they show no indication of knowing each other at all. No. And I was just like, oh, okay. All right, I guess I guess I guess we don't get that. I guess not. Cuz that would have been the they also, they also had like a weird they had some weird rom like not full on romance but like suggested crush, like suggested crush things going on that I just like did not get at all. Like when Claire for cuz Claire breaks into Chris's house which 100% in character for Claire, she would. Absolutely. Yes. But she, like, breaks into his house and she sees a picture of Wesker, Chris, uh, yeah, Wesker, Chris, and Jill together. And he's like, oh, she's like, oh, you still have a crush on Jill? Huh, never gonna happen, big bro. And I was sitting there being like, Wesker's in the picture, too. Yeah, and if anything, like, it was more of uh, him and Chris, honestly. Yeah, I'm like, in the games, there's so much between Chris and Wesker versus with Jill and Chris. It's always like, oh... This is my partner. We work really well together, but it will never go beyond that. Like we just work super well together. Yeah, so I'm, and, I'm like, and then the, the other one, it was like I guess they were trying to suggest that Jill has a crush on Wesker. They really tried to push that one, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> to the point where even like they took away the thunder of Chris being the one that finds Wesker to be the to be betraying them, they took that all away to where Wesker, like, uses the code to do the piano scene, and then afterwards, uh, Jill's like, what the hell are you doing? What's going on? And Wesker's like, uh, well, you see, we have to go down here to, because they're gonna blow up the city and we need to leave. And she's like, I'm sorry, are you betraying us? And he's like, listen, we don't have time for this, we need to go. And she's so hurt about it. And I'm just like, okay, number one, Chris is your partner. And number two, <laughs> Wesker is Chris's love interest. And this is supposed to be the confrontation between Chris and Wesker. Yeah. Like one of my favorite scenes where Chris just straight up laughs in his face. 
And he's like, and Wesker is so like hurt by it. <laughs> Chris, why are you laughing? Why Stop you laughing? it! You're supposed to be impressed. So, yeah, that was one of those where I think both of us were kind of just like, yeah, it, it was just. It's. I mean, it's all. It's fine to like make it your own kind of thing when it's based off of like a game, but I think that was kind of like a little too far. <laughs> From the game, yeah. so I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Especially because Wesker and Jill never really interact. Even when he even when he has no, her mind I mean, control, there's no interactions between them. No, like and in one he they only really interact as like, you know, a captain to the the person on his team, basically. Like I, f- I feel like there is like an interaction or two in one that I probably forgot because it's been a really long time. But a lot of the times the interactions are like you said, it's very like dismissive orders it's not like he sits there and he's like you know what jill you're a really good officer because that's just not wesker's style (laughs) no except to chris that is his style with chris you were my best man chris he's because he's kind of a misogynist just kind of yeah Uh he is (laughs) so like that was probably our biggest our biggest complaints my smaller complaints my teensy tiny little things the one thing about leon i didn't like was that they completely changed like the fact that he originally in the games is a uh is like a prodigy who joins the police force and goes through all this stuff and then gets like secret government training and in the movie they're just like oh yeah he shot his ex-partner in the in the butt during training and now he's <laughs> yeah, like, like he's, the laughing stock He's kind of a klutz. Yeah, and like it he becomes kind of the comic relief character. Which his actor does such a good job of one liners and just the expressions and everything that it works in the context of the movie. But as a character, I was like, How dare you take away my expertly <laughs> trained Leon? Yeah. And also it's kind of strange to me that Dr. Birkin's uh wife was just kind of like a normal citizen. Yeah, because originally she was a scientist just like him. Yeah. And, you know, she was like an awful mom and just like did not give a fuck about Sherry. Ended up like using her to experiment with the G-virus and stuff. Yeah, like that was the one thing that I will also say I wasn't a fan of was the fact that they tried to redeem the parents. And I was like, no, you guys are awful. Don't even try. You can't. Yeah. And the whole thing of the games is Sherry got injected with G-Virus, but then Claire managed to, like, get the antidote so she would survive, but then she still had, like, the antibodies of the G-Virus, like, in her, so later on that makes her a B.O.W. and she has powers, so I'm not sure how yeah, I, so I guess she doesn't have powers now or something. Yeah, so I guess we're never getting adult Cher and we're never getting adult Jake because there's no indication at all that Wesker has had relations with the past woman. So, like... <laughs> so, I don't know. We I may mean, never could... get those two. He, maybe he's a clone of him. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> the other thing that I had, which is so teeny tiny, I shouldn't even mention it, but I'm gonna, is that Claire's hair was down. And Claire's hair is never down. And it actually pissed me off the entire movie that her hair was down, because I was like, no. Claire Redfield always has her hair in a ponytail. It is the signature of Claire Redfield since she... The only time she doesn't is in um, the Netflix 
Resident Evil series. What is that? Within Shadows or? Infinite Darkness. Thank you. (laughs) Infinite Shadows. (laughs) Uh, In Infinite Darkness, towards the end of it, there's a scene where she has shorter hair and it's down, but she's very clearly dressed up. And otherwise, in every single piece of Resident Evil media, she has her hair up in a ponytail. And I was like, so why didn't you for the movie? Yeah, I'm like, if, I mean, it makes sense if she's going to be, like, fighting and stuff, you don't want, you kind of don't want your hair in the way. Yeah, and that was, it's one of those things that always irks me, that, like, Claire Redfield had hair that made sense, like, all the female characters had hair that made sense. They either had pixie cuts or they had ponytails, and if you're going to be doing a labor-intensive job, you want your, and if you have long hair, it's going up into a ponytail or a bun. That's just how it works. Hair gets in the way all the time. It kind of sucks. Like, dude. So I'm like, no. She absolutely would not go into this fight with her hair down, because then it's just going to get in her eyes, it's going to get all over her weapons, it's going to be an obstruction. If it gets wet, it's just going to be heavy, like, it's just not worth it. No. (laughs) Besides in the game, Leon, who constantly has his veins in his eyes. And yet somehow he's such a prodigy that it doesn't hold him back. <laughs> Apparently. But otherwise, I think, like, my... The biggest dislike was definitely Wesker. The second biggest dislike, which goes back to the thing that we were saying with the Switch, was the only reason why I didn't like the Switch was for the previously stated reason that, like, this kind of leads into what are they going to do with Sherry now? Because yeah, it's like, uh, are they just not going to have Sherry as a character in, like, the next movie or a few movies, however many they're going to do? And or, it, like, are they going to have to find, like, a new kind of role for her or something? Yeah, and they kind of left it open-ended with the idea of, like, we can take this in a new direction. But I'm just like, but what new direction do you think you can go? Because there's not... A whole lot of directions that you've got like you can't do you can't really do nemesis because jill is with them and nemesis yeah. takes place at the same time as two yeah and it takes place before the city gets nuked right uh, yeah actually you're right it takes place even before yeah. two. because the point of nemesis was to hunt down the remaining stars members to like so they can't say anything yeah so it it's one of those things where it's like unless they're going to bring in Nemesis in the next movie to hunt down Chris, Jill, Claire, Leon. Yeah. I mean, they could change it up with something like that. Maybe have Nemesis be a thing after the city gets destroyed. I kind of like the idea of them bringing in um, Alfred Ash... Ashford? Is it? Is it Alfred yeah. Ashford? Okay. I was like, am I mixing Batman and Resident Evil right now? <laughs> no, that's his name. Okay. I'm like, are you guys are you guys gonna bring them in for the next movie? Because yeah, like, just Is it gonna skip to more of like RE four and five stuff or like what's gonna happen? Yeah, like where are we right now? Like are are we gonna go forward? Are we gonna go backwards? Are we gonna just like play around? Are we gonna go somewhere <laughs> new with it? I would be interested, if they had, like, Excella in a movie, I would be interested to see who they would choose to play her. 
don't know, but it definitely would be interesting. Especially because we... I would love to see Jock Wesker against Excella. Because I just <laughs> want to see if he just ends up staring at her boobs the entire movie and just can't say anything. Because I feel like that would be the character how he is right now. That he would just be like, oh my god, what do you expect me to do in this room with her? Yeah. <laughs> and I think... I think that... I don't know. That That's kind of the, one of the things is like... I'm not sure where they can go with it. If they want to yeah. stick closer to the games, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot. Like I I guess we'll kind of find out in the future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to throw this in there, because I originally watched all of the Resident Evil movies with Mila Jovovich that came out, and honestly, comparing the two, like if I was going to do a comparison piece of the two, the introduction of the characters from the games was definitely liked i definitely enjoyed that aspect but at the same time it left a lot of room for them to do shitty stuff with the characters because it's like i love these characters i've grown up with them since i was like six years old so mm -hmm. there was a lot of room for error and like the tiniest deviations like i said with the hair the tiniest deviations were kind of like bro what I liked about the old Resident Evil movies was that since they had, like, Alice and Rain and uh, Carlos, they had very few of the original cast of characters. But at the same time, they had that same universe of there's still Umbrella, there's still zombies, there's still Lickers, there's still Plagas, there's all of that. But because they're not using the mainstay characters as main characters, they had more room to fuck around without it being like, if you're a diehard Resident Evil fan, you could still appreciate that a lot of the sets were similar. You still had like Raccoon City. You still had characters like Carlos and Nikolai. Even, like, Wesker, when they introduced him in one of the movies, they actually did Wesker really well in that movie because they just kept him shot for shot how he was in 5. But yeah. they... I mean, besides the first time you see him, and I... He looked nothing like Wesker, and then you said, oh, that's Wesker, and I was like, it was? <laughs> yeah, they had him show up for, like, a scene in, like, the third movie, and no one realized it was him, and then they recast him, and they actually had him be a megalomaniac, and it, and it worked. The actors sold it so well that I was like, hell yes. But, and in that one, Claire also had her hair down, so thumbs down for that <laughs> as well. But it was one of those where that movie also had a lot more gay in it. I'm not even going to lie. If you haven't seen the original Resident Evil movie from like, I want to say it's like 2006 or something. I don't remember the year, but it has Michelle Rodriguez and Mila Jovovich. And throughout the entire movie, even though Mila Jovovich's character is, like, fake married to one of the bad guys, her and Michelle Rodriguez's character have so much on-screen chemistry and even have a line where she's, like, looking at her and she's like, I could kiss you right now. And I was like, then do it. <laughs> and that that's just, like, a continuing thing, even, like, with Claire and Mila Jovovich's characters, they have a similar energy to them where there's a lot of that energy that the original characters had 
Chris showed up for like five minutes. It wasn't unnecessary yeah, it, character. Yeah, like they kind of like had him in there, and then you just like never saw him again. I was just like, uh, what what happened to him? Yeah, it was like, okay, they had Leon for like a shot too, and I was like, all right, cool. I guess they tried. Yeah, I guess honestly, like, what I say, like the best movies to watch if you're looking for a really accurate movie to Resident Evil is honestly the CGI movies. Yeah, go for the CGI movies. Watch the animated movies for it are fantastic. All of the stuff for that like extra content is what you should do if you're like, I don't want to play the games, but I want to see the characters. Yeah, because Capcom <laughs> worked on those. If you want to watch a, f a five plus minute scene of Chris fighting a dude and they're just running around in circles shooting at each other. You should watch Vendetta. <laughs> 100%. You should just watch Vendetta because it has Rebecca Chambers and yeah, we like, need that in our lives. But I say Vendetta is like the greatest CGI movie in terms of like storyline and plot. Like no, but it's just like a fun movie, which is honestly what the core of Resident Evil is anyway. <laughs> and I think the Capcom CGI movies for Resident Evil, the thing that they did really well was they are character-driven movies that have plot. Yeah, like, it's like, I don't even mind that it's not the greatest movie, it's just, like, fun. And, like, I'm, like, really, besides, like, 7 and 8 that took a more, like, serious turn in terms of, like, story and, like, going more horror and stuff, the action, the more action-y movies and stuff, like, you have peop people transforming into monstrosities. Like, you have to have some fun with it. You do. And I... And I'm like, even in 8, which was more serious than those movies, I'd say they still had, like, funny moments in the game, too. They did. And I think... Like, I know in Vendetta, one of my favorite parts is the fact that Leon is just sitting there drinking an entire bottle of tequila by himself when... Chris and Rebecca find him and his response is just like I'm on vacation and they're Leave like I'm depressed like literally he's just like nah I can be, I can be as want as I drunk a bee and they're just like uh no because we need your help because this is a plaga situation and he's like shit that's your problem right now dude my problem is finishing this bottle as fast as possible and getting a second one in me. So, like, seems like so a like... you. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... So, yeah, and, like, at its, at its core, Resident Evil isn't always, like, serious. Yeah. Which, I mean... I mean, you have Chris punching a boulder in five. Yeah. You have to, you have to put some silliness in there. Yeah, so, like, it, it's one of those that, looking back on it, definitely, I would say Welcome to Raccoon City keeps that aspect where it's not always serious for the entire movie. There, Especially in the beginning, like, there's a part when they're at a diner and all the stars are eating together. And Wesker's, like, Wesker puts something on uh, Leon's head because he's out cold because he is drunk, which is totally in character for Leon. And Wesker's just like, okay, Jill, for $10, I'll give you $10 if you can shoot that off his head. And she's like, okay, and she pulls out a real gun, and they all are like, no, Jill! Jesus! <laughs> and 
And she's like, I'll, yeah. She's like, I'll take your the, bed. The police chief. He was probably one of my favorite parts in the movie too. He is a hysterical character. <laughs> when he's just like, okay, Leon, you're in charge now. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and then when he comes back, and Leon's like, so are you back in charge now? That was so funny. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, you're the one in charge now. You get to make the shots. And then Leon just, like, standing there watching him drive away, like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, like, when he's at the gate guarded by, like, umbrella guards and they start, like, shooting somebody trying to, like, confront them about not being able to leave. And he's just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And starts, like, trying to back up. (laughs) People behind him aren't moving and he's like, dude, just go. He's like, Go. We gotta go. <laughs> uh, they definitely, they definitely did a good job with like, with that kind of stuff. Getting the humor into the horror, the horror aspects of it are definitely very good as well. Like I, I don't remember really being too jump scared that much by the movie. Mm. But they did a good job of making it an interesting and fun movie to play with. Yeah. Because I feel like every game kind of has, like, a fun, kind of not as serious aspect to it. Like, in 7, I would say it's the the family, the fucked up family themselves. Besides, like, Marguerite, who is absolutely terrifying. Um, but, like, Lucas and his taunting is kind of, like, has, like, a, like, it brings a humorous kind of side to the game as, like, scary as that game is. And then, like, in 8, like, one of my favorite scenes in 8 is the the scene with all the, with uh, Mother Miranda and all her quote-unquote children. Yeah. Like, arguing about what they want to do with Ethan and, like, who gets him. It's probably, like, one of my favorite scenes in the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and even in the earlier games, like, in 1 and 2, there's a lot of times when the characters have those signature lines that they say. Right before, like, a scene mm-hmm. happens where it's, like, especially Steve Burnside, which I'm, I'm more excited to see if they do Veronica as the next movie because Steve Burnside, and I want to see what they do with that. Yeah. Because that would... Yeah, I, or, like, like the I'm going off of the Resident Evil 3 remake because, don't shoot me, but I've actually never played the original, but, um, like, the interactions between... Uh, Jill and Carlos. Yes. it. I kind of would be interested to see a Veronica 3 crossover where it's like, maybe it's something like with Wesker getting his powers and Ada, that whole thing. If it was like, okay, Wesker or, you know, Claire gets kidnapped as she does in Veronica and now she has to save herself. She finds Steve Burnside, Chris... They're, like, running from Nemesis, and Jill's, like... And, like, maybe Leon gets in touch with them and is like, Oh, dude, Chris, you've got to go save Claire. You go handle that. And then Wesker is sent to retrieve Alexia and Alfred to, like, show his loyalty to whatever shadow organization Ada has now, you know, initiated him into. And as Mm -hmm. he, like, goes to do that, you have Veronica play out well. At the same time, like, Jill and Leon and Carlos are trying to evacuate. Or even doing something with, like, uh, with Revelations 2, too. Yeah, that would be... We'll just put them on a ship. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I mean the second one. The no, I saw scenario. No, I know, but but when you said that, the first thing I thought of was how funny oh, yeah. would it be if they put them on the ship too? We'll just do all three movies, all three side <laughs> games as one big movie. It'll be like three hours long, but we'll do it. We've got this. <laughs> Actually, when you said ship, it made me think of that that one CGI movie with the ships. Um. It was like they had the. The floating island city that, like, got destroyed. Is this a Resident Evil one, or...? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't know. Or maybe that was... Maybe that was part of Revelations 1. I'm just, like, mixing things up now. I think that's I, what it is. I think it's part of Revelations 1. To be fair, that was... That does kind of have a CGI feel to it, so... Yeah, no, yeah, I think it is the first Revelations. <laughs> Listen, all the Resident Evil content starts to blend together. I still can't separate out, like, Resident Evil Damnation from whatever <laughs> Resident Evil movie it is that has and like, Bear. Oh, uh, uh, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm. when it comes to watching the movies, half the time I'm like, oh yeah, you should watch this one. It has this, 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 and this. And then someone, like, boots it up, and I'm like, oh no, this is the one that's just Leon-centric. Sorry. Fuck that one up. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. We'll watch the other <laughs> one first. But yeah, I'd, I'd say all in all, like, I enjoyed the movie. It's not like I thought it was a bad movie. Like, like I've said many times, it was mainly because of, like, how much they changed Wesker. That kind of, like, threw me yeah. off. But other than that, I think it was, I think it was a fun movie. Yeah, it's one of those I would definitely recommend to people that, especially if you like the series... I would recommend watching it, if for nothing else, than the experience of getting to see, like, one of your favorite games be brought to life in such a majestic way. Yeah, like, you can tell they they put a lot of care into it, like, they wanted. It's not just, like, a for a cash grab kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely didn't like, feel like that. Kind of like with Sonic, like, you can tell, like, they put a lot of attention to detail and, like, did their research on the games like while yeah. making it and stuff yeah because it definitely felt like there was a sense in my mind watching it that i was like oh my god i could go visit the rcpd or i could go to like the um like the orphanage like raccoon city felt like a real city even with like the outskirts being emptied and everything like that like it, it felt like oh man umbrella could be a real place in the world yeah. So, and I mean, personally, I've seen the movie three times. Three or four times, I think, now. So, I can't even say, like, I wouldn't watch it again, because I already have. So, <laughs> and it's one of those that I like showing people, because I like, I like the music in it. It has, mm -hmm. it has the song Crush by, like, Page or Nicole or something like that. I forgot who does the song. It's like Jennifer Page or something. I don't remember who did it, but I've never heard that song before. And it plays during a scene with Leon, and it is now on my liked songs because I was just like, damn, I was in the movie theater like, okay, I didn't know this song before, but I'm here for it now. <laughs> yeah. So it has a fantastic soundtrack. It has the whole liquor vibe. It has all of that. I was here for all of it. I would watch I would watch it again with people who haven't seen it. Because I feel like if mm -hmm. I watched it again, like if me and you watched it again, we'd probably get halfway through and be like, okay, 
let's watch something else. <laughs> yeah. It's that's the one thing I would say about it is it's not like the old Resident Evil movies where I can watch Resident Evil with that original Michelle Rodriguez, Mila Jovovich. I can watch that one endlessly, and I still every time that I watch it, I'm like hell yes. So like, mm-hmm. but that's personal preference because like I said, I really like the chemistry between the characters. And they also had the Red Queen, which they were severely lacking in this one. Yeah, I remember that um, had a lot to do with, like, Umbrella HQ. Like, uh, she was the one that basically guarded all the, like, their information and everything. And I remember uh, she was the one thing Wesker, like, he, he wanted to access the information. And he actually wasn't able to because of Red Queen. He couldn't get past her firewalls and stuff. Yes, because he was he was working for Umbrella, but going against Umbrella at the same time. Yeah, he was basically playing his own side the whole time. Which, I mean, like, it's very Wesker of Wesker. <laughs> yeah, like, he worked for Umbrella and was working for them um, to lure, like, stars into the mansion for the experiment and stuff like that. And being against stars for Umbrella, but the, at the same time, he was also against Umbrella, so... Because he wanted kind that of virus for himself. Yeah, and I could I could imagine that like endlessly, like infuriated him, that he was defeated by an AI. Like he could never, uh, he could never get past her her protection on the information. And let's be real, he infected himself with the with the T virus, with the tyrant variant afterwards, simply because he got he got <laughs> yeeted by a tyrant, and he was like, yeah, fuck that, never happening again. Yeah. He was like, you think that you're the supreme life form. I'm going to show you. (laughs) So, I mean, all in all, as we said, we would recommend it definitely as a movie. If you are a huge stickler for, like, games or books being made into perfect renditions, then I would not recommend it to you. No. But if you're just for a good time... Like, honestly, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Like, they can try their best. But I feel like something's always going to probably be, like, not perfect to somebody. Yeah. So, like, otherwise, though, go for it. Have fun. Watch it. It's now, I believe it's now on Amazon Prime. I haven't seen it on anything else. That's the only place I've really seen it. But now it's just, like, available, so... I mean, I'm sure you can probably, if people still buy DVDs, you can probably buy it on DVD now. Yeah, or Blu-ray. And I'm sure it'll be out on some streaming device or some channel eventually, and then it will be available through other sources. But, you know, if you decide Mm -hmm. that you want to watch it, feel free to comment on the video what you thought about it. Or, you know, what your, if you had any characters like our Wesker that you were like, I cannot believe they did this. If you had certain things that you liked about it, feel free to comment that too. We're always interested to, you know, hear other people's thoughts and reviews about the games and or things that we also are interested in. So, but otherwise, I think that might be it for this. Yeah. So this is going to bring a close to our little season, I guess, on um, Resident Evil and like queer representations and stuff. Um, so I think we're thinking the next one we're going to start on is Ace Attorney. Yes, we'll keep it Capcom. Yeah, we'll stay with Capcom for a bit. 
because there definitely is a lot, and I mean a lot, we can discuss about Ace Attorney. Yeah, I mean, me and Brooke right now are playing the great Ace Attorney Chronicles with Ryunosuke. We both are on, like, the first case, and both of us are sitting here being like, bro! <laughs> like, for, usually it takes a bit to kind of start, like, the gay stuff in those games, but, like... This game started with it right from the start. Literally, like, the first couple of lines within, like, the first five minutes of it, I was sitting there being like, damn. So we're excited to go through the games. Now, in full transparency, Brooke has paid, played more of the games than I have. I have have not completed all of the games, so... Yeah. I mean, we got through the first three. We got through the most and, important. And Apollo. Yeah, we got through the most important ones, so like we're ready for it. We're ready for the couples we want to talk about because that's gonna be one where we're probably gonna have a few episodes because most of the characters have enough that we can go through with their various stuffs. Yeah, that we'll have a lot. I mean, the easy. I think the easiest one, the one we'll probably start with, is like Phoenix and Edgeworth <laughs> with Gumshoe. And Gumshoe, because they're, like, you know, the mainstays of, like, the first three games. Since Phoenix is the main character for those games, so it's really... That would probably be the easiest one to start with. And I know some of you out there who have played Ace Attorney are going to be like, Yeah, Edgeworth and Phoenix! Uh, I'm going to forever have a threesome of Gumshoe in there, because how dare you keep Gumshoe <laughs> out of it. So, I just want all of oh. you to know... I love Gumshoe, though. Like, I honestly I honestly miss him in, like, the newer games. Like, I, I, I still like the games past Apollo Justice, um, but I do miss Gumshoe. Gumshoe is my favorite character from Ace Attorney, so I feel that. Seconded only by Apollo. Apollo is also a great character, but Gumshoe is <laughs> my favorite. Like, the yeah. entire time we played them. We actually still, we still have to finish um, Dual Destinies. Yes, and then once I once we finish Dual Destinies, I think then we'll be because I'll be cut up. Yeah, because that that one does have some important stuff, especially with Apollo in it. So probably best we finish it. Yeah, so we'll finish that before we get to the Apollo Justice episodes. But for now, you know, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, not subscribe. You just follow. Um, but yeah, if you want to like and comment and let us know what you think, like we said, if you have any thoughts on our Resident Evil series, feel free to let us know. We, we always enjoy those kinds of comments. Um, otherwise, yeah, we, we get to open up a new chapter the next time that we meet. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. I'm I'm very excited. I'm not excited for when we get to Kingdom Hearts, but you know, that's that's hopefully going to be months and months cuz that's going to be like right. 800 episodes. It is, but we'll get there eventually. Yes. So for now, thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate it. And yeah. Hope you guys are all having a great springtime and remember to keep it queer. Bye guys. Bye.